Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Today I'm here with an absolute stud, Adam Agarwal from Lapham Fast. I love movies. I see maybe in the cinemas, 40 movies a year. Let's go into top five movies yeah. of all time. I made a website in first year after the F1 2021 championship. I wrote articles about F1 car reviews. You know, it's always something I've loved. Betting is one of those things where it's not that hard. I'm really interested in the human body. It is the most fascinating thing in this universe. I want to know your opinion on evolution because yeah. you're also a man of faith. These things tend to collide for a lot of people uh -huh. in the world. I think the Canadian medical system is better. It does have its shortcomings. There's no doubt about it, but the fact that it's free makes a huge difference. Going to war, are you fighting for your country or are you fighting for the leaders? Ooh. That's that's another interesting point. Yeah. Whenever I go traveling, I'm very proud to say that I'm Canadian and people kind of raise their eyebrows a little bit. They, they aren't expecting it. There's only 35 million of us, There's right? We're kind of rare. Yeah. The media, it wants to see people fail. Every single media organization in the world, it has some kind of agenda. They used to try and hide it. Now they're shameless about it. Now they will say, yeah, we need this to happen in order to win the election. Like, <laughs> where's the we coming from? Yeah. <laughs> we, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the VOV podcast, Voices of Vic. Today I'm here with an absolute stud, all-round legend. Actually, the first guy I ever interacted with at Victoria College. My boy, Adam Agarwal from Lapham Fast. What up? Hey, Carter. What's going on? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks for all the hype, man. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's 100%. Cool to be on here. It's good to have it. you on. This is a long time coming. Yeah. We got you. We're getting Krishna's filmed in a few awesome. weeks. Um, this is going to be a nice chill episode. All right. It's not very interview style. Me and Adam have known each other for almost three years yeah. and, um, yeah, we'll just relax, talk about a bit. I wanted right. to start off asking you about your movie obsession. Okay. Sure. Yeah. I made my list last night, my top five. Ooh. And before I ask you for your top five, I want you to kind of dive deep and explain how you might be the biggest movie fanatic at u of t <laughs> all right so yeah i i love movies you know yeah. i think i think they're one of the things i live for really yeah. uh i see maybe in the cinemas about 40 movies a year 40 uh, movies yeah a year. 40 movies go there i love the popcorn everything about the experiences is, is really the best for me yeah uh and then every day probably every two days i'd say i watch a movie on netflix or one of the streaming sites as well Respect. So it's just really my favorite form of entertainment. Great way to relax, yeah. Did you start out like right when you were young? Was this like a, a son and dad thing that you would go <laughs> to the movies as a kid and now it's just kind of remained a tradition? You know, I think my dad's always been a movie buff, but he never like, like sort of uh, like took me to, like got me into it until like I was 11 maybe. And then we really started going basically yeah. 40 times a year. We still go together. Nice. Uh, uh, I, th I was actually afraid of movies for a very long time. Yeah, because uh, of Toy Story 3. Yeah, Toy I, Story 3, that's everyone's worst nightmare. <laughs> Movie terrified me. The pink bear and the monkey. Of, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> still, still gives me the creeps. That's fair. That's fair. But let's go into top five movies yeah. of all time. I, you, I'm sure you have your list. Okay, yeah. Do you want to go off first? off the top of your head. No, let's get, let's get you first because you probably have the more valid, okay. I guess, uh, I don't know if it's bank. valid. I got a very, like, just, I love action movies. Fair. That's, that's mainly what I go for. Yep. Uh, Oof, I can't go in any particular order, but just top okay, five just in general. Okay, just regular top five. I'd say The Dark Knight, uh, Christopher Nolan, uh, Batman, one of his Batman movies. It's the second one in the trilogy with Christian Bale. It is really good. I think it's the perfect movie. Like, yep. there's not a single uh, piece of the plot that isn't moving at all times. And Heath Ledger as Joker is fantastic. I think he's one of the best villains of this, all time. This is the one where they blow up the hospital? Yeah, that it's that one. That was good. It's really good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. After that, I'd probably say Casino Royale, which is a James Bond movie. Yeah. It's the first one with Daniel Craig. I've never actually seen any of the James Bond movies. Really? Yeah, it's bad. You know, to be fair, I haven't seen very many aside from the recent ones. Okay. Because the old ones are kind of gimmicky. It's like they get a bunch of terrorists lining up in front of a building yeah <laughs> and then there happens to be a barrel of oil behind them that he shoots and they all blow up it's yeah. like yeah. it's too unrealistic what are the for odds? Me. now they've become more like grounded yeah yeah that, that's pretty good that movie uh i'd say top gun maverick yeah i thought that was one of the perfect movies for the summer of 2022 yep. really brought people back into the theaters uh, tom cruise i think he's still the best superstar yep. in cinema 
is he your uh, bromance crush, Tom Cruise? Because most <laughs> most dudes say Ryan Reynolds, but I feel like you're saying Tom Cruise. I'd, I'd go for Tom Cruise, yeah. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, uh, he's a legend. And yeah. another movie of his in my top five would probably be Mission Impossible, uh, yeah. Fallout, the sixth one. Sixth one. And for the fifth movie, I'd probably go for Forrest Gump. I think Forrest it's just Gump. a beautiful movie. Classic. Yeah, I like it. All-time classic. Yeah. Great great top five Thanks. i wonder if like do you mainly watch movies that are going to be in theaters because a lot of the movies don't even make yeah. it to theaters how do you even access those movies like i wonder if people listening would know all five of those movies that you've just listed off well yeah those five that I wa- uh, those five are just the blockbusters yeah so yeah i mean i don't really watch any uh, indie movies or yeah, yeah it's yeah. just the blockbusters big names 100 percent. christian showed us this weird short film youtube channel that posts like 20 minute movies oh minute movies yeah uh well no it's called amaletto amaletto okay it's similar yeah. have you heard of it yeah yeah you know about it? it it was it was i don't even know how to describe it but that's like also a type of i don't even know you can't compare that it's not the same category is it like the weird like sci-fi yeah kind of yeah. like yeah, it's about time travel yeah okay yeah. yeah yeah they're interesting to watch but they're yeah. not by by no means like i think it's a very good cool way to watch movies for free yeah, yeah, yeah to enjoy like the production quality is really good for something that's completely free yeah uh but movies themselves i think they're a great deal you know people complain uh, that the prices have gone up for concessions at the movie theater and yeah. but you know what i think in like 20 years or something movie theaters aren't going to be very big at all uh, yeah. they're going to it's already a struggling industry yeah uh because because of streaming most a lot of movies are coming right out right away out onto streaming which was never a thing and uh, yeah, just enjoy it while it lasts, I'd say. Like, you can't be hard on them for jacking up the prices because it's the only way they make their money. That's a good point. Yeah. That's that's kind of sad to think about. Do you think that the budget of a movie can determine usually the success of the movie? Usually it does because it's the names that bring in. It's right. the actors, and the budget, a lot of it goes to just paying the actors. Got it. But there are some big budget flops. Uh, some of the recent Marvel movies. Yeah. Like, they're not... Marvel has fallen off so hard. I agree. It has fallen off a cliff. I completely agree. Like Ever after since Endgame, I'd say. Endgame, yeah. They killed the two best superheroes, yeah. Captain America and Iron <laughs> yeah. Man. Yeah. And ever since then, they've Well, been, they had the one, the Spider-Man one. Yeah, the Spider-Man ones are good. That one was good. The, that franchise is still yeah. doing really good. Yeah. Uh, but everything else is completely, yeah. It's dust. I agree. I have to agree. Politics. But oh well. <laughs> I think that's what really sunk them, because it's just Hollywood people trying to push messages. But yeah. oh well, that's life. Um... Top five for me. Yeah. If I had to say. Number one movie of all time, which is ridiculous, but it is hilarious, is Anchorman 2. I've Have never you seen it. Ever seen yeah. it? It is the funniest movie. That movie probably single handedly shaped my entire sense of humor. It really? is so funny. It is so funny. Anytime I watch it with a friend or anybody, they can they just see, okay, this is this is all your jokes. This is how you get them. So you're not really unique at all. This is what they say, <laughs> but it's just it was huge. It's so funny. That's Will Ferrell, Paul Rudd, um, Steve Carell's in that. Yeah. Good movie. So why two and not one? Because usually the, the usually yeah. worse. Yeah. I agree. The first one of any movie franchise is usually yeah. the best. I watched the second one before I watched it. I think the first one came out when I was like two. <laughs> so <laughs> I didn't see it. The f- second one, though, was in yeah. theaters when I was, I was still pretty young, to be honest. But uh-huh. I went to see it with my family, and it was it was hilarious. I think I'm, I must have been like ten, uh-huh. so that kind of humor for a ten year old kid was incredible. Uh-huh. But uh, but yeah, so that's number one. Twelve Years a Slave. Have you seen that movie? No, I another one you haven't seen. Very good. Cinematics, amazing. It was very historically. It, well, I didn't live in the 1800s, but it felt very historically <laughs> accurate. Yeah. Um, and it's just a great story overall. Lion. Have you seen the movie Lion? No. Oh, yeah. Yes, I have. You have with, seen uh, that. What's the guy's name? The Patel? Something Patel? I forget his name. The guy yeah. who gets lost. Yeah, he went yeah, yes, missing. Yeah, uh, he lost yes. his parents, all yes. that. Yeah. yeah. Great movie. Yeah. Another, that one's based on a true story. Yeah. 12 I Years heard. a Slave is based on a true story. Okay. I think that's a huge. Uh, three of my top five are based on true stories, which is These are really deep movies. Well, yeah, not yeah. aside from Anchorman. It's yeah. the deepest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. There's ways that could, you could see it as like really, you know, historic <laughs> in certain ways. But no. Uh, yeah, no, th- I don't know. I like something about, I just realized that three of the top five are based on true stories. Okay. It's something about, like you said, I mean, 
not that James Bond isn't real, but like yeah. you said, the tanks behind the terrorists. Yeah. Like, it's something about knowing that this actually happened, which makes the story more impactful. Yeah. Number three, sorry, number four, yeah. would be a movie called Why Him? Oh, James it's Franco. a rom-com kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, okay, one's, yeah. that one's also funny. It's not based <laughs> on a true story, but it's hilarious. Great humor. James Franco's fucking awesome. Yeah. I'm a big fan. He's one of my favorite actors. And then the last one, number five, James Franco as well, also based on a true story is 127 hours. I haven't seen that. Wait, what's it about? It's a dude, it's a biker who gets stuck in between a, literally, literally in between a rock and a hard place and he gets his arm trapped between this oh, boulder. Oh, is this the rock climber? Or a yeah, a rock, I, I think it's a rock climber, rock sure. Rock climber, yeah. Something like that. He so was okay. like going through the desert. Oh, okay. But based on a true story and the stories of him being stuck in here for 127 hours and wow. he's running out of water while he's doing it. He's like dehydrated. He's going crazy in his head. Shit. And I'm not going to spoil the movie, but there's really only one way out for him. And yeah, it's kind of yeah, that yeah, battle. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, it's, uh, it's sick. Movies are awesome. Let's circle into Lapham Fast. I said at the very start, add an Agarwal from Lapham Fast. I probably should have started with that to explain kind of what that is. But it started, started in first year, didn't it? Technically, the website? Yeah. Uh, Lapham Fast. Uh, Lamborghini, Porsche, McLaren, Ferrari, Aston Martin. Just the acronym. Try to make it, make it into something. Yeah. Lapham Fast. Those are like the five supercar brands that I think are the pinnacle. Yeah. And yeah, I started writing. I think after I made a website in first year after the F1 2021 championship, which yep. I thought was fantastic. Uh, and yeah, I wrote articles about F1 and car reviews. Nice. And because, you know, it's always something I've loved. And yeah, now, now we're on to YouTube. That's good. Yeah. So the transition has come a long way. I think yeah. that it's hard to stop someone when they have a passion for something like that. Because yeah. I used to do a, an Instagram hockey account. Uh -huh. I must have had 900 posts. That's big. And like only 30 followers. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. So it was, but it was the passion that was getting me through the whole thing. Yeah. So I feel like this is a similar situation here with Laugh Fast. It's something you're already interested in. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. But now you've moved on to bet the betting side of it. Yeah. So, so what got you there? Because you know what? Betting is one of those things where it's, it's hard, but at the same time, it's not that hard to okay. once you figure out sort of how Vegas operates and thinks uh, you can you can get on a good streak mm -hmm. and in Formula One betting there isn't a lot of people on YouTube doing it so uh, I bet on Formula One and I share my picks on the on YouTube get views yep. and I'm hoping I can just you know what it betting keeps people engaged the season has been boring this year yep. it's been Red Bull dominance and it's kind of been the way I stayed interested in the sport and by sharing my picks with people. I'm hoping I can make them some money out of it too. Yeah. That's good. What's your record right now? Right now, since the summer break in Formula One, we're 16 and five. 16 and yeah. five. So it's about 500% of what, whatever money you put in for each bet. Damn. Yeah. So anyone watching, lap them <laughs> fast on YouTube, L-A-P-M-F-A-S-T, yep. tail these bets. Actually, let's go into... What do yeah. you think about, like, the dark side of gambling? Oh, like addiction and stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, fixing matches and stuff? Let's, yeah, let's start yeah. with addiction. I wasn't actually thinking of fixing matches, but, uh, yeah, okay, let's do yeah. the addiction. Addiction. It's a bit, like, it's a problem. Yeah. Uh, and I think there's a shady history behind it, too, because there's, like, Vegas is in part culpable, I think. Right. Be, like, I'll give you an example. In, like, the early 2000s, there was this guy, really rich businessman, uh, sort of really grinded, self-made for the large part. Yeah. He, he was Asian-American guy, and he, he probably had like a couple hundred million dollars in the bank. And he got, got depressed or something, and he started going to the casinos in Vegas, and he would spend thousands and thousands of dollars. And what Vegas would do is they'd give him entire bottles of vodka that yeah. he loved. Yeah. And he would be like pass out drunk all the time at the roulette table, and he'd still play. In Vegas, and people were concerned about this guy when they'd come in, like regular customers, they'd be like, who the hell is this guy? And Vegas said, oh no, you don't criticize this guy. They put him up in the penthouse at the, whatever the big name casino hotel is there. They let him stay there for free, as long as you keep playing in the casino. Jeez. And he went, up, he went broke. He went he, yeah, he was something like 
50% of the casino's entire profits for the year. What? Yeah. When was this story? 2007, I want to say. That's insane. It's dark. And, uh, you know, it, <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's hard to regulate. It's one of those things that's like, he didn't win his lawsuit against the casino. Really? Yeah. Oh, shit. So it's one of those things that's very hard to regulate. Yeah. Hard to hold people accountable for it. When people say gamble responsibly, because uh-huh. it's just recently been like legalized to do same game betting in, yeah. in Canada, right? Like uh-huh. It was like five years ago that this started yeah. or something. Um, like when people say gamble responsibly, I, I'm curious as to what you think when, when people say do anything responsibly, does mm-hmm. that normally mean that you probably shouldn't do it at all? Like, how do you feel mm-hmm. about that side of it where it's like, is gambling, like, even though it has, the, it leads to this yeah. dark place, you know, the house always wins. Uh-huh. Is there a balance where you can still do it in a moderate way? This can happen with anything with, mm-hmm. with gambling, with drinking. Yeah. You know? Yeah. This is a really good question to do it responsibly. Yeah. You know what? It's one of those things where, uh, I would say you're not missing out by staying away. Got it. I would say by staying away, you've chosen to do the safe thing. Yeah. Anyone, I think, can fall victim to addiction, no matter how, like, sort of secure you think you are in the head. You just don't know yeah. where life events can lead you and how your environment can change around you and cause you to go down this path, right? Yeah, it's true. Uh, but if, like, look, you, you free gambling, what I do, is I put my money in at the start of the season or maybe at two points throughout the season. Yeah. And if I run out, I run out. I'm done. I'm not putting more in. I Got put it. maybe 250 in to start. Got it. And, yeah. For the season. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And if you run out, it's, yeah, you were bad. You probably shouldn't be gambling. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's completely fair. Yeah. So you got to exercise a lot of self-control. And yeah. the app has, like, Bet365 has stuff, like, loss limits and... Uh, deposit limits that you can put on, but you can change those. Okay. You, can, you can change them. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's not hard yeah. <laughs> to get around that if you're determined. And like it says, please play responsibly. And it makes you confirm that you're not under the influence of alcohol. Any Anyone drunk can confirm. They can click that button. <laughs> yeah. They're just doing it because you know, it makes it look better. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty messed up. Is losing winnings really losing? Yeah. 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 Uh, well, yeah, once, once you've made the money, it's, yeah, you got it's your money. So then, so then <laughs> is there a different, yeah, yeah, I know. But if there's like a different way to kind of control yourself, let's say you start with 250 at the start of huh. the season, you go 16 and five, you go, oh, yeah. you go 160 and five, you know, uh-huh. who knows? You win a bunch yeah. and you're like, it's okay. I only started with 250. Yeah. I can make these risky gambles still. It makes you feel like this really <laughs> isn't my money. Do you yeah. think there's any substance to that? Do you think that's just... That's a that's an illusion. Ooh, it's a, it's a powerful illusion, I think. Yeah. Uh, because you got to think like if you took that money out, how would that all that money like change your life, right? Yeah. Like, like what could it mean? Like, uh, you know, like investing in buying. Uh, I would say that. Ooh. <laughs> like. That's why we have units. So in betting, what you typically do is say I put 250 in. Yeah. I divide my bankroll up into 10 units okay. of $25. So throughout the entire season then, $25 is the most you can put on any single bet. So one unit. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So you're never betting more. Like even if I have, say I get up to like $10,000 in my yeah. bet account because I keep winning, yeah. each bet can only be 25 bucks still. So, and, but you control yourself in that way. Yeah, that's yeah. what units are for. Yeah. Got it. So where, where can people follow you? I said the YouTube, yeah. but there's other places. So yeah, as Carter said, uh, L-A-P-M-F-A-S-T uh, on YouTube and on Instagram. As well, we have UFT Formula One Club on yes. Instagram, which is not about gambling. It's just about the love of Formula One. Yeah. And hey, do you ever feel like at clubs at UFT, they're kind of getting like every club is sort of tied to an organization. They all yep. too feel, feel too serious. Oh uh, yeah. hundred percent. It's like, it's always trying to like, re- like, you know, yep. it's like always like pushing some kind of agenda or there's some kind of ulterior motive or just like a smaller version of a company. A little suspicious. Yeah. Yeah. So I just wanted a chill club. I feel like there's not a lot of chill clubs that exist for people just with the same interest. Like, is there an NHL talk club? No, like, nothing. You should make one. It's a good, it's a good like, point. There's tons of people who love NHL here. Yeah. And I figured the same thing with Formula One. I just want 
uh, a club where people can come and talk about Formula One whenever they want, maybe watch some qualifying races. Uh, yeah, it's a very, just want to get a nice community together because there's a lot of people complain, you know, UFT. Uh, it's hard to meet people in class and yada, yada, yada. But just go make friends in F1 club. That's <laughs> awesome. Respect. Yeah. No ulterior motives with F1. Yeah. Just a bunch of people that love cars. Yeah, exactly. Why the f*** is F1 so successful when it's the best car wins? It's <laughs> a good question. <laughs> uh, I feel like it's the show for a lot of people. Fair. The Netflix show. Oh, the, oh yeah. Drive yeah. to Survive. Uh, yeah. Drive to Survive. Uh, they really hit a home run with that show. Like, I gotta watch it. People nobody nobody me. watched F1 before then. No. Like, it was such a very niche European sport. Yeah. Now it's become more mainstream. I, I, I don't watch it because of the show, because I like cars. That's why yeah. I watch it. Yeah. But, well, yeah, when the best car always wins, I can definitely see why uh, people, because that, that is literally the case. There is yeah. no sugarcoating. <laughs> you could have the best driver in the world. If they're in the second best car, they're not going to be able to win races. That's fair. Like, it'll be very hard for them. Yeah. What kind of qualities does it take to be an f1 driver from what you've watched yeah not only like you have to be a certain physique i think uh -huh. i think you can't be too tall yeah can't be too heavy uh-huh what like personal qualities do you see with some of these racers are they usually like the sons yeah. of billionaires yeah, what, yeah. what's going be, on be born rich be born a trust rich. Fund, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there, there you go that's fair. Uh, there's a couple who weren't yeah. uh lewis hamilton kimmy raikkonen and, you know, oddly enough, they tend to be really good because they yeah. really got, they really have to work. Yeah. Uh, they, the teams only hire them at a young age if they see really true talent in them. Uh, but there are some who are also born wealthy, like Max Verstappen. Uh, his dad was an F1 driver who also become really good. But Max Verstappen's dad was like, he drilled it into Max's head from like, he programmed him yeah. from day one to be that yeah. one. <laughs> living vicariously through his son. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. That's like kind of, do you think that that's a good thing for a dad to do? I mean, if your kid ends up like Max Verstappen. Exactly, right? <laughs> I was thinking but that. It, it causes a lot of emotional hardship on the way Max Verstappen talks about it. Like, really? Yeah, like his dad. Like, when he was, like, seven years old, makes him walk home from races if he loses and stuff like that. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. That's crazy. No, because I always say I want my kid to be in the NHL. Uh, but I don't want him to be a, a bitter, angry person, mad at the world. Yeah. Would you, like, not that it'd be F1. Uh-huh. What would you want for your son? Would you want him to become... Well, we'll talk more about your yeah. your school, your science, okay, yeah, yeah. some of the stuff you're doing a little bit. But is that something that you'd approach to, to get him with? into sport? Yeah. Like, did your dad like try to push you towards anything? He did. He wasn't pushy. No. no. But he definitely encouraged it. Yeah. I think, I think sports are very important for yeah. almost every kid should be involved in sport. Yeah. Uh, especially in the early years because it teaches stuff that you don't learn in school. It there teaches teamwork. Uh, it teaches commitment. Yeah. You show up for practice early. You don't complain. The coach yells at you. Yeah, well, get used to getting yelled at. I think it's an important part of life. True. Uh, in school, when you're in grade four, like realistically, nobody cares what you're doing. But right. in sports, they do care still. True. That's a good point. Yeah. I feel like that's going away. I feel like there's a lot of complaining at the coach. If you yell yeah. at my kid a little too much, yeah. I'm going to, you know, you're going to get fucking fined. It happened on my brother's team. Yeah. I won't say too many details or names uh, but it did happen where one of the kids parents yeah like complained about the coach and he's uh -huh. the coach got um cps called on him what's cps child, child protective oh, services oh. <laughs> because he was like i think he swore in the dressing room or called some kids something super nice guy yeah, by uh, the way great dude the uh -huh. whole team loved him there was this one kid's parent uh -huh. who had an issue and it turned into this whole legal Ooh, problem yeah yeah, which I is mean, which is messed up. It's not the same as it used to be. No, not at all. Not. All right. All right. Quick pause. Yeah. Camera break. Um, you had a nice summer position. Yeah. In the scientific field. Yeah. Of diseases. Uh huh. Something like that. I'm not yeah. miswording it for sure. Yeah. What can you tell me about that? It does make you put more effort into your work when you think you know someone who's having a really hard time, uh, who's really worried for their family or for uh, you know themselves they come to this website and they want help uh you you'd better damn well be able to give it to them and yeah. give it to them in a really reliable way yeah so yeah 
it really made me bring my 100 percent effort yeah a game yeah i think that that's a big struggle at least that not that I've had, but that I used to have, and I think a lot of people have, is that they feel like the work they're doing isn't actually making a positive impact on the world at yeah. all. They're just doing it for the paycheck. Yeah. So you are looking to go to med school after this, uh-huh. right? Yeah. Um, is that factor of actually wanting to change the world, does that motivate you? Is it the big paycheck? Ooh. What is it? That's a good question, and I should probably think of an answer before I get to the med school interview. Right. <laughs> so this is a good practice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Hmm. For me, I think it can't be the paycheck because if you're in to being a doctor for the money, you're in the wrong field because uh, if we're being realistic, it's so much debt. There's some crazy statistic like a plumber. If you start being a plumber at the age of 20 and you or you go through the doctor path, you know, uh, by the age of 39 or something, that's only the point where the doctor has a net worth higher than the plumber. Jeez. Yeah. 39. Yeah. 39. So the doc, because the, the plumber takes on almost no debt. Yeah. Doctor, you can, in the States, you're looking at almost $500,000 of debt. Jeez. Here, it's a lot less. It's maybe 150. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so for me, it's, I'm really interested in the human body. Yeah. I think it is one of the most fascinating. It is the most fascinating thing uh, in this universe. It is incredibly, incredibly beautiful the way it works yeah like it's just this perfect ballet of like chemicals and oh (laughs) and to be able to study it for my whole life and sort of figure out the meanings of life yeah uh and explain it and then be able to see how our learnings about that can be used to help people is pretty cool that's awesome yeah that's awesome. I've known you for about two and a half years. Yeah. I know you're in life science. I don't know exactly what you study, though. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all the life science majors are pretty much the same at the end of the okay, day. Okay, fair. There's like, <laughs> there's like 50 of them, and I don't even know the differences. It's like, we're Is all it, the same courses yeah. most of the time, yeah. Is it immunology? Uh, human biology. Sure. Immunology is a minor. Yeah. Close. Close. Okay. Potato, <laughs> potato, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Human biology. Yeah. I want to know your opinion on evolution because yeah. you're also a man of faith. Yes. Yeah. These things tend to collide for a lot of people uh-huh. in the world. Yeah. So where do your thoughts on this come in? Yeah. So I believe in evolution. Yeah. Like the evidence is concrete. Yeah. Uh, if anything, I think it is one of the most complex theories or world changing theories that we have the best evidence for. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's truly miraculous. I think the jump Darwin made. Yeah. To no one believing in evolution at all, it being completely non-existent, yeah. to him actually being able to prove it, and then it led to genetics and all this stuff. In uh, a pretty short time span, too. It was like in, under 200 yeah. years. And if you think how much our understanding of genetics has changed uh, medicine and everything, yeah, it's crazy yeah. in such a short time. People underestimate how big of a technological leap has been made in medicine. Uh, so yeah, 100% believe in evolution, but I don't think that doesn't mean you can't believe in God. People look at those things as mutually exclusive, I, I see no reason why they why one can't exist in the content and the coexist with the other. I completely yeah. agree. That is exactly my position. I believe in evolution 100. I yeah. read. Cat uh, gave me a the bio book that you guys had to read in first oh, year yeah, yeah. for my 120 course this oh, year. Oh, do you read it again? I, uh, your well, class did it, yeah? Well, I thought that oh. we were supposed to, so I read the whole thing before the course started, then we got the syllabus, <laughs> and it wasn't a required reading. Oh, that's a really good book, though. It was. I still read it. It was really good. And that's the Damn. thing. That's why it's so interesting, because it's, it's very clear that evolution is fact. Uh-huh. It's very clear. And once again, I will leave people uh-huh. to their opinions, but I truly 100% am on your side when I say that evolution is true. It has to be true. It's so yeah. it's so, there's so much evidence. Yeah. There's so much evidence, but you're right. It does not disprove God. I don't think uh-huh. that it might disprove some of the stories of the Bible. Sure. Yeah, or maybe yeah. some of the interpretations people yeah. thought that there was a man in the sky who perfectly uh-huh. created this world. Uh-huh. And those stories might still have some validity in the way that they're interpreted, but not necessarily in that physical sense. Yeah. But the idea of God, I don't think evolution disproves that at all. Yeah. I see it, God as beginning, like, right, kind of where the first, when time began, you know what yeah. I mean? It's kind of, it's, it's hard to talk about, but it I is. see it more of like a physics problem, not as a biology problem. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was talking to Dick Sean and he was like, 
trying to give me this explanation of how like there's vacuums and particles can enter into existence. I'm like, this makes no fucking sense. <laughs> God has to start something. You can't get zero. He's like, even the vacuum. He's like, if there's a vacuum, how did the vacuum get there? Yeah, no, it doesn't make sense to me. Something either. had it, to do. It, it really doesn't. I cannot wrap my head around it. No, it has but, to yeah. be some sort of supernatural force. I think that people are trying to explain the origin of the universe with logic when I think like my belief in God is very scientific, actually. Really? It's very logical. You can't <laughs> create something out of zero. It's scientifically impossible. But then what created God then? That's the it's same question. But that's, that's really, why yeah. you can argue. You don't need to kind of, I don't think that you need reason to justify what created God because the belief in God is not logical. Yeah. Believing in God is not a logical thing. It's, it's faith. It's a uh -huh. completely different route to get to God than yeah. it is to get to science, right? Yeah. I know that sounds stupid. Yeah, you know, you know, you know I know what, what I mean. you're saying. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, yeah, I think everyone can have their own connection with God. Like, I don't think it has to be through the church or anything. Right. I think it can just be through nature, wherever, whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. And it's hard to wrap your head around it originally because, like, when you say God, people think of this man in the sky yeah. kind of controlling things. Uh -huh. But I don't, like, I don't see it as that. I see it really more as, like, a force of oh. why do we do the things we do. Interesting. How yeah. did we get here? Yeah. But evolution is complete facts. I completely yeah, yeah, agree. yeah. You, as you were talking about, you wanted to do med school. Yeah. Um, but you told me before that there is a chance that you might try your hand at business. <laughs> yeah. That you might, like, if you were to take a year, uh -huh. once again, I yeah, don't know yeah, if yeah. that was serious or not serious, uh -huh. but just an idea uh -huh. to test your hand to test my, yeah. going into entrepreneurship, uh -huh. which is what I want to do. Yeah. And you already tried with the, with the Amazon FBA. <laughs> <laughs> Krishna, Krishna reminded me of that story. Very short-lived. Yeah. <laughs> the the $300 in the whole Amazon FBA. Yeah. But yeah. what interests you in business overall? I think it's the accessibility of it. Yeah. Uh, it's, you literally don't need any money to start these days. True. Right? I think like, that's a huge misconception. You can, uh, you can open a online account with GoDaddy or whatever you need for 25 bucks. Right? Yeah. It's really nothing. I completely agree. And, But you know what I've learned is that if people are making YouTube videos telling you this is a way to make money, it means that it no longer is a viable way of making money. And the last way to, for them to exploit it, like they may have hopped onto it early, is by making YouTube videos and <laughs> yeah. getting the ad revenue off it. <laughs> Otherwise, they wouldn't be telling you about it. That's so, true. Yeah. That's true. When I see a YouTube video that says, do this right now if you're a broke student with 5 million views, I'm like, well, this isn't going to fucking work yeah. anymore. Do this 10 years ago. You would have been good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's true. No, but I really want to go into entrepreneurship because, yeah. as I was saying with Christian before, is that it is, I feel like it's the only lifestyle to truly kind of keep your freedom the whole way out, uh -huh. um, to not be beholden by mm -hmm. any sort of, anyone else's schedule yeah maybe maybe that's an overstatement do you think that like because you're, you're going to go into being a doctor that's a yeah. very rigorous schedule yeah do you think that that is you'll be okay with that because you're signing up for it do you think that you can cope with it knowing that this is i just need to be here at this time i need to you know yeah put in the hours i need to be here for the team uh -huh. for for the health of humanity yeah like, is that something that you're going to be okay with? Like, yeah. it's a lot of hours, right? Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's self-inflicted, right? I signed up for it. I was willing to take on, uh, you know, for the sake of pursuing science. And, yep. the, you know, this, this is what you have to do because there's too few doctors and we need them to work long hours. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, for someone who values their freedom a lot, business makes a lot of sense right. uh, because, like you said, there is no other, other aside from working just being in control of your own schedule, being like a CEO or whatever. Uh, it's the only way in yeah. any kind of industry that you're going to be able to dictate when you wake up, when you go to sleep, how much time you have with your family, mm -hmm. uh, that kind of stuff. Other than that, it's always going to be someone else doing that. Right. So, yeah. I think that, so yeah, it's either become a super rich businessman or become a homeless person. Because, <laughs> no, it's true though. Think about it. You could either, if you're super poor, you could go live on the beach or on the street. No one's bugging you for anything. Mm-hmm. You don't have bills because you don't have anything. Okay. And, you know, people really can't come at you. They can't come to take your stuff because you don't have shit. I mean, the other, the other people who are impoverished could come take your stuff. 
<laughs> like the other homeless people. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's a good point. Yeah. But my my um, explanation was that I think that the hardest, maybe not the hardest, but some of the most restricting and less free lives lie in the middle. Uh huh. People that are not flat broke, but people that are not completely rich either. Because you still mm-hmm. have, you have just enough to need to show up to work to pay those bills, but you don't have enough, enough to not show up and skip a day. Okay, I see what you're saying. You so what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, I'm not yeah. advocating for homelessness. Right yeah, now. yeah, of course. But, huh. so I think, ooh, you know, I think in order to be comfortable in the way the world is structured, so like, as you said, like sort of having the middle, middle, like, the middle management, I guess, or yeah. maybe like what sort of like white collar uh, job. Uh, you have to sacrifice a little bit of freedom in order to be able to join right. sort of that environment that gives you the comfort right. of, you know, being able to live a certain lifestyle. Right. Uh, but yeah, it goes both ways. Freedom goes both ways, right? You yeah. can either be at the top of it and have it all, or you can be at the bottom where nobody, yeah, nobody's exactly. looking to, yeah, no one's looking to hurt you. You have all your freedom, but you have nothing else. Yeah, exactly. So I guess, I guess your freedom has a price. Yeah, freedom does have a price. It's interesting. Are you going to be a doctor in Canada or the U.S.? Uh, Canada, I think. Canada. Uh, because, you know what, these are, especially if I go to med school in Canada, yeah. d- definitely Canada. Because, you know, this is the government that paid to train me. And oh. these are the people that I've grown up around. And... Uh, I owe it to to serve. I think, especially if it's Canadian med school, because it's so heavily government subsidized. Yeah, uh, that's the right thing to do. I think. Yeah, it's a moral decision. Then. Yeah, I feel like most people wouldn't make that decision. What do you think about uh, like that comparison, hmm. like the Canadian medical system versus the U.S.? I think the Canadian medical system is better. Hmm. Uh, it does have its shortcomings. There's no doubt about it. But the fact that it's free makes a huge difference. Yeah. Uh, I don't know a lot about the American system, uh, but. I think Canada, uh, the main problem with Canada is the wait time. Yeah. And it's, that's a staffing issue, but that comes down to money too. It's the government doesn't want to hire more doctors because you have to pay for them. And I'm sure there's a reason behind that. Hiring people would result in cutbacks in some other area, some other service provided by the government. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's why we have the long wait times. Like you can't get a family doctor for a lot of people. It's a six year waiting list or something in some crazy. parts of the country. That's crazy. Yeah. And I think that, once again, I also don't know very much the details, the intricacies of either system, uh-huh. but I think that there is definitely a moral, there's a moral problem when you have the ability to cure someone's disease uh-huh. and be, because of finance, you refuse to do it, especially yeah. someone of your own country. Uh huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that would be a, a point for the Canadian system. Yeah. A hundred percent. But then also, as you said, there's another moral issue I'm actually very impressed that you said you would stay in Canada because uh-huh. it would make sense naturally that there's an incentive for mm-hmm. Canadian educated doctors to go to the States co- to make more money. Yeah. So there's that problem with it too. Mm-hmm. Like the people you talk to that are like trying to go on the same path as you, like, do you ever have that conversation? Oh, like, ha- have you heard of people kind of yeah. give the, the reason for the other side? Of no, there are people who I've talked to who want to go to the States. Yeah. And for them, the way they look at it is there's sick people everywhere and all human life is equal. Uh, so it doesn't matter in their opinion, whether they're Canadian or American, they're still helping people. Interesting. But for me, it's, yeah, it's the training thing. Uh, Canada trained me, they're going to get me. Right. That's completely fair. I think there's a huge question mark to be raised about patriotism nowadays. Uh-huh. I think there's a big push towards globalism uh-huh. and there's some backing to both ideas like human mm-hmm. life is equal no matter what country you're yeah. a part of but i think that there's a certain sort of pride and and importance that comes with kind of affiliating with the country that raised yeah. you that you grew up in uh-huh absolutely and the issue for me is that like yes people uh-huh. feel like they've been neglected but even then from what i've seen like people who protest trudeau i find uh-huh. it very interesting that people that protest trudeau will do so with a Canadian flag. Yeah, like, it's interesting. They're not they're not anti Canada. No, absolutely you know what not. I mean? Yeah. And I'm not anti Canada, despite how I feel about the leader of the uh-huh. country, whether it's Trudeau or anybody else. I am 
pro Canada all the yeah. time. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. I will never, I will never lose pride in my country because yeah. who's running it. Sure. Maybe I don't, I don't like the leader. Yeah. You don't need to like the leader. Yeah. You don't need to at all. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that you should stray away from the country itself. You know exactly. What I mean? You should always yeah. be proud of your nation because you have to, this is how you get people to fight. Why would you go to war for a country that could be fucking you over? I guess there's yeah. another question to be asked about uh-huh. is going to war. Are you fighting for your country? Or are you fighting for the leaders? Ooh, that's, that's another interesting point. Yeah. You know what I it mean? It really depends on where the war is. I think that that's what it is. Cause yeah. how do you even know that this war is worth fighting? Yeah. Cause there's a lot of bullshit wars that take place Yeah, for no reason yeah. Yeah. that, that a, a bad leader might initiate. Uh-huh. How do you, how do you fix that? How do you fix that issue? Cause I, I mean, I just, I might be backtracking here, but yeah. I guess if you don't have faith, if you think that the people at the top are making dumb decisions, huh. that might make you more reluctant to die for that country. You don't feel like you're dying yeah. for the country. You think yeah. it's a stupid reason. Oh, I mean, then this was the problem with Vietnam and America. Exactly. Right. Because they didn't think that they needed to be. It's not like World War Two, where there was a clear national interest uh, in which they needed to fight in Europe and they need to fight the Japanese after being attacked. Yeah. Uh, in Vietnam, it was this was a war out of foreign foreign spheres of influence. And that's why they're really upset about the draft in particular yeah. to be drafted. Think about that being drafted into a war like on the other side of the world against yeah. a country that's never going to be a threat. Yeah to your homeland. It's a very tough thing to wrap your head around. I agree. And to, at a young age too, to be thrown into a very terrifying battlefield. Is Guys crazy. younger than us. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, so it totally depends on what, yeah. It completely depends on where the war is, I think. That's, yeah, that's scary. But for me, I'd say the origins of my patriotism are the people. So definitely like I look at Canadian people, the 38 million people as uh, a group of people who are very polite, yep. as much as we're stereotyped about it, I think, you know, uh, we're the people who, I guess, have kind of a weird accent sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, whenever I go traveling, I'm very proud to say that I'm Canadian because people will assume I'm American just yeah. because, like, we kind of come from that part of the world and there's a lot of tourists from that. Like, no, I'm very proud when I say I'm Canadian. And people kind of raise their eyebrows a little bit. They, they aren't expecting it. There's only 35 million of us, There's right? We're kind of rare. That's and true. It's a really nice thing to be able to say. There's more people in California than there is in Canada. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. But yeah, you need pride in your country. That's like, this is why people hate taxes. I feel like there wasn't as big of a problem with taxes when you actually trusted that the taxes were going to do amazing things for you. Yeah. Now you pay taxes, you don't even know. You like don't know where it's going. Yeah. It could be going to a different country. That's the point. <laughs> it could, it could it be could. fucking leaving, <laughs> going to fund something else, yeah. fund a war. I, I mean, there needs, to, there needs to be a lot of transparency. I, it would be great if the government was able to produce some kind of invoice that yeah. tell you exactly where yeah. your money went. That would be awesome. That would be, no, I think it would also help build a lot of patriotism. If you're able to see, okay, well, you know what? This helped this many people. Uh, send their kids to school or to yeah. help this many nurses stay high, uh, to keep their jobs, right? Yeah. Then it would make sense. Then it would people would be like, okay, I can see the actual good I'm doing for my country 100%. versus all sort of the smoke screens. And yeah. yeah. I think that if you put it up to the people, I had an idea of if there was one day, this is a, it's a, not a uh-huh. good idea. I'm not suggesting this at all, but I was just kind of thinking um, if there was an app, okay, a tax app, Okay. Where taxpayers would go onto this app and they could allocate where they wanted their tax oh, money to go to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's say that there was someone who was really keen on better roads. Okay. okay. All right, yeah. So you could go, you allocate a hundred dollars to the roads. I my idea was that it would probably balance out, right? Because like may, even though people are complaining about tax money yeah. going to terrible places, there's probably people that I disagree with who would want their taxes going there. Huh. That doesn't mean it's necessarily a good thing. I mean, I feel like that could work if you would have to make it so there's a limit. So say people in Toronto are really frustrated about the roads. Everyone pours their money into roads. Yeah. There needs to be a limit in each category. I'd At say. a cap. Like a cap. So this many people can donate to roads or like once this value is reached, the roads category is cut off. Right. And then you can donate to whatever the other education, healthcare, whatever. But, but think about this. Think yeah. If let's say the government spent a million dollars on a cupcake event uh-huh okay and they bought a million dollars worth of cupcakes yeah there might be people 
that would be fine with that. Uh-huh. There will be also people that are enraged. Why are we spending our money on cupcakes? We yeah. have shit roads. Uh-huh. Just because there are people who, I guess, validate the spending of tax dollars on cupcakes does not mean that that is still a worthy spend of tax money because the yeah. cupcakes are nowhere near as ben- I'm trying to make this into an analogy uh-huh. so I don't get... I, I'm very with you, yeah. Okay? <laughs> I can't say what I need to say. But there are people who will say, no, we need cupcakes in place. We uh-huh. need to have a million dollars worth of cupcakes. And that's my tax money. I'll allocate it to cupcakes. Okay, yeah. The cupcakes are not benefiting the country as much as that guy who allocated his money to roads. True. Okay. Okay, yeah. So there are certain things yeah. where even though there are people in the nation who would be fine that their tax money went uh-huh. to a certain initiative that does not necessarily mean that is a valid spend of money because it will not benefit the country as much as other things. That's true. Yeah. So it's like people, all of a sudden, who probably shouldn't be deciding where the money went. They don't have the correct information or uh, all of a sudden they're given the option to choose where it's going and they're not making the right decisions. Correct. Yeah. Which is why the app was a dumb idea. But (laughs) backtracking, backtracking, I still think there needs to be more accountability in in spending. Uh did you hear about that thing? Like recently they came under fire because liberals hired, uh, they paid millions of dollars for consulting services from a firm. And that firm told them that you need to spend less on consulting as they're finding. Really? Yeah. Like they, they, they paid a consulting firm Jeez. to, to, <laughs> to determine where they could save money. Yeah. It was like a scandal like a month ago where they could save money in their budget. Yeah. And they said, oh yeah, spend less money on consulting. That's crazy. What a slap in the face that is. That's a huge slap in the face. <laughs> that dude's not a liberal. Whoever owns that company is not a liberal for sure. That's messed up. That, that yeah. is a big slap in the face. There's way more coverage on American politics than there are on Canadian politics. Oh yeah. Even in Canada. I feel like you hear a ton about the U.S. politics. Yeah. At least, at least for me, that's what pops up on uh-huh. my YouTube feed. Yeah. Right. There's some Trudeau. There's some Pierre Polyev. There's uh-huh. then a bunch of stuff going on in the U.S. Yeah. with Trump and this other guy who I wanted to bring up named Vivek Ramaswamy. Yeah. Do you know about him? I, I honestly don't know much about his views. Okay. I heard a couple of days ago, remember, there was this explosion at Rainbow Bridge. I did not know about that. So that's the U.S.-Canada border. Okay. Uh, a car... So they've ruled out terrorism, and yeah. they've ruled out there being a car bomb or anything. Mm-hmm. But a car drove through the barriers at like 100 miles an hour, Jeez. and it blew up. It killed every, the two people inside. This is the Niagara Falls border? Yeah, the Niagara Falls. Like I've crossed this border tons of times. Yeah. Very famous. And yeah, it was a big problem, and people immediately assumed it was terrorism. didn't mm-hmm. end up being terrorism. But what Ramaswamy said, going back to him, he said, this proves my point. We need a, we need a border between, we need a border wall between the U.S. and Canada. Yeah. <laughs> That's a big ass wall. That's first of all, it's the hugest wall you can possibly build <laughs> yeah. in the world. Yeah. Like it's literally the longest land border in the world. <laughs> There's no way. Yeah, I and think if you wanted to do anything close to that, it could not possibly be the whole border. Yeah, and he like the car came from the American side. Yeah. It was the other side. What are you yeah. talking about? Yeah. We should have been the one saying if there needs to be a wall, yeah. it came from Buffalo. That's true. That's funny. Okay, so I don't know too much about his wall. I yeah. did hear that. Though. I did hear that. That is pretty funny. Um, but besides that point, yeah. besides that point, he seems very against a lot of the corruption that I feel like is very prevalent in politics and government. And he's big on on kind of calling out the establishment, uh-huh. calling out all these types of people. Um, I believe he is of Indian descent. Yeah, He's well, Hindu. obviously. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> a nice, funny last name. Yeah. Um, but no, I think that I think that that's awesome. I think that it just makes me think about the comparison between U.S. and American leaders. Sorry, U.S. and Canadian huh. leaders. I feel like in olden times, the leader was actually someone that everyone in the nation could look up to, kind of uh-huh. see the president as like a father figure in a way, someone yeah. who you, even if he was not the party you voted for, mm-hmm. you know, would have the best intention for you. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. But politics has gotten to such a, uh, bureaucratic and kind of shady area, shady time in history that that doesn't feel like that anymore. I don't really mm-hmm. feel that 
Trudeau is a leader that people can get behind. And just the yeah. sense of like respecting him as a, a strong man in the mm -hmm. first place. You know what I mean? Policies aside, I mean like just the guy's personality. I feel like I'm not trying to diss Trudeau, <laughs> but I feel like it should be someone who is is amazing in all spheres of of life, not just politics. Like it's interesting because uh yeah, looking back in history, and obviously we have a very clouded view of history. Yeah. We can only remember the stuff that was saved. Yeah. And what, whoever was in power at the time wanted to save, that's really what history is. Yeah. But you look at clips of JFK talking and those guys, regardless of what party uh, you supported, everyone loved the president, right? Yeah. They would line the streets when they drove through town. They would applaud. They'd throw parades and stuff. Yeah. And I don't know if it was ever as strong in Canada just because it's not – we don't have that much of a political environment. But right. in America, for sure, like there was huge, huge support. Uh yeah, I really don't know why there's been such a decline. But I feel it's not consolidated to North America. It's certainly everywhere in the world. You see even the recent South American elections, very divided. A lot of people are disliking uh, their leaders. Yeah. Same within Europe. Like, governments are not, like, there's minority governments in basically every election. Yeah. And so that's, I have no idea why. It really baffles me. It's tough. Uh, it's tough. But, yeah, you're right. JFK is the perfect example. Yeah. Because he was, he was Democrat, I believe. Yeah. But everyone in the country, I feel, most of the people in the country yeah. loved him as a president. Yeah, you know what? I think it actually, I think to blame are the leaders. I think uh, they diss each other too much. Uh, beforehand, if you even look at the election between John McCain and Barack Obama in early 2008, yeah. uh, McCain was, there was this one point where someone asked a really racist question, came up, and McCain during the debate, stopped and said, you know what? Both of us would be great presidents. Yeah. That There is never that respect between candidates anymore. True. Right? Where both candidates can admit, yeah, we see things a different way, but we both are good people who want to do what's best for the country. Yeah. Uh, that respect just, just vanished over the course of 10 years. Like, I'd say as recent as 2010, uh, the, the two candidates against each other, they would not be making personal attacks nearly as frequently as they are today. They it's wouldn't true. be, it's now less focused on policy and more focused on dredging up dirt. Yeah. And I think social media is also to blame. It's uh, gotta be because of social media. It's gotta be, because yeah. that's what gets the sound bite. Yeah. Uh, it's finding some really bad stories about people, as well as it's easier to find bad stories now that everyone always has a mic in their face. Right. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. true. Yeah. It's completely true right now. Yeah, um, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a story I heard. It's like people aren't aren't afraid to break the rules anymore in that sense of just respecting the other the person across the aisle. There was a story I heard the other day of um Winston Churchill in World War Two. Uh -huh. And there was something in England at the time, don't completely quote me on okay, this, but yeah. there's something in England at the time known as gentlemanly conduct in war. Okay. And the British believed that anything shy of gentlemanly conduct would be considered a loss in war wow. so if there was these certain basically rules yeah. to war like guidelines as to what is immoral and what is uh, immoral what's yeah. allowed and what's not allowed for the british army to do in war and when winston churchill came in once again uh -huh. very unsettling time with the nazis mm -hmm. there was a complete shift in the sense where he said we're going to do whatever it takes to win because we're up against the biggest bad guys that history's ever seen yeah Fuck gentlemanly conduct. We have to win. We have to do our country proud, whatever it takes. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Okay, cool. Yeah. So that at that moment, and I understand the argument from both sides, but that is just a point, whether it's in World War II or in politics today, where when you lose that gentlemanly conduct, people can get to such a place where when you see winning as the utmost important outcome, despite uh -huh. the means of getting there. Yeah. I think that's when things start to really crumble and fall apart because yeah. you go to really petty extremes like digging up dirt on people. Yeah. It's not a coincidence that the uh -huh. Trudeau blackface came out right at the time of election. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm not even supporting Trudeau. I'm not supporting yeah. that thing. Uh -huh. But it's ridiculous that they use that as a weapon to attack the guy right before an election. It's I mean, so obvious. I think it was so bad, though, what he did. Like, come right. on, like... Dude, like, 
it's it was in maybe like the 90s or something right like you know better than that it, right. it was pretty bad uh but yeah saving it as and using it as a weapon as a weapon is also it just speaks to the nature of politics these days yeah uh that it's about dredging up dirt uh yeah i think also i feel like the quality of our leaders has gone down big time How uh, come? i feel like they're less they're less good at speaking, I'd say, for starters. Like, there are a few exceptions here today where you see a guy who's a really good debater. Yeah. But if you look at their ability to deliver speeches that are really moving, really powerful, that the whole country can get behind, yeah. it's gone down, I'd say. And I right. think uh, that's because the quality of people running, they're not, like, they're not people who are sort of, oh, how do I phrase this? I don't know. They're not people who are really inspiring. They're mainly people who had success in life, and they decided, oh, you know what, this, I want to do politics now yeah, yeah. as well because it can be even more success. They kind of look at it as an ambition yeah. rather than a part of their civic duty or something that they want to step up and do. Right. So it's like, for them, it's like a prize they want to hold. Like, I want to win the election. I want to, I want to go down in history as a guy. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I, f I feel like it's affected. It's more about the winning and less about winning the heart of the country. It's true. Yeah. And it doesn't help also when you have media that's completely polarized as completely. well. Completely. Back in the day... I would like to think that everyone was, this comes back to the patriotism uh -huh. that we were talking about. Yeah. The lack of patriotism because you just hate a president or a prime uh -huh. minister so much ruins everything. I think that at the time, maybe when JFK was around once again, I don't know, this is just uh -huh. intuition. Everyone, the reporting on JFK would be relatively positive because everyone was pro-America. Mm -hmm. Everyone was more patriotic then. And you can get behind yeah. the leader of your country, not because uh -huh. you necessarily like the leader, just because you love your country so much. Uh -huh. So at least you can do whatever it takes to at least make him look a little better than yeah. you might think he actually is. Uh -huh. When now the media is so keen on, on tearing certain yeah. leaders down, that doesn't help the, the country be united at all. This is a really good point. Yeah. The media, it really, yeah, it wants to see people fail. Yeah. And... There, it is very clear, like every single media organization in the world, it has some kind of agenda, yeah. right? And they don't even, they used, they used to try and hide it. Now they're shameless about it. Yeah. Now they will say, yeah, we need this to happen in order to win the election. Like, <laughs> where's the we coming from? Yeah. It's, we, yeah. it's like, no, it's you, you, it's the, whoever's running. It's like, yeah. uh, but yeah, they, they want to see people fail. But what they're forgetting is that by wanting to see people fail, they're also wanting to see their country fail in a way. Like that's that's the that's the collateral damage as a result of their leader yeah. failing, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that I'm one of these people who really thinks that media is corrupt, uh -huh. whether it's conservative or liberal. Yeah. I think they're both paid by the same people. It's fucking. There's <laughs> a, a kingpin. <laughs> yeah, there has to be, man, because it's it's division is a very easy way to conquer a society. Ooh. It's it very easy. Yeah. So so. Once again, we don't need to go too deep into like the financial conspiracies of everything. Uh -huh. But I think that I just feel like people are so much more polarized looking at the screen and watching the news than they are in real life. Like when I talk to people in real life mm -hmm. who will, well, we probably hold more polarized views in our own head. Uh -huh. Like because the news, once again, media is so polarizing. Yeah. You'll have one side of the story. You'll have, you'll have information that is okay you'll have the story as a whole uh-huh one side takes this part of the story the other side takes the other part of the story yeah. they're telling they're talking about the same event but they're telling different information okay yeah and this makes people this makes people become extreme in their own mind they're, we're creating a a generation of extremists with the news that we have today yeah and i think when you actually sit down and have a conversation of with somebody that is on the opposing side. You realize that you guys are actually in agreement on 90% of things. Absolutely. Not yeah. on 10% of things, which is what they try to make it seem like. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, they make it seem like the world revolves around a few select uh, topics that yeah. they know people have like really vested interests in, and they really blow them out of proportion about how significant uh, these problems are. Yeah. Like, and they make it all they talk about 24 hours a day it's all you hear and there's no question that that leads to frustration in people that puts people at each other's throats and i think it's really dirty to be profiting off it to be honest absolutely i completely agree anyways it's yeah. been a
good conversation. Yeah. I I've mean, enjoyed it. I think we've covered some really good ground. Yeah. I, yeah, absolutely. Started with movies. Yeah. Went on to some F1, some Lapham Fast. Yeah. Hit up the account. Um, talked about Thanks. some science, uh-huh. health, business, and then media and politics. Yeah. It's crazy the way a conversation can <laughs> just keep changing, there evolving. It is beautiful. Yeah. Awesome, man. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me on, Carter. Do you have any final thoughts for the the people at home? Uh, Well, uh, I guess happy holidays are coming up soon. Yeah. Uh, And subscribe to Laugh Them Fast. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Thanks for watching. Yeah. We'll leave a link to the channel for Laugh Them Fast in the description. Go subscribe for the best bets in the F1 space. Ladies and gentlemen, that's VOV Podcast every Sunday. Like the interview. It was awesome. My boy Adam here. And follow the Instagram, TikTok, at Voices of Vic. Listen on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and we will see you next week. Peace out.